Oh, I, I see something that's going to happen in the NFL here real quick. Randy Gregory is getting released by the Broncos. It's great news for Nick Benito. He's going to end up in Kansas City, isn't he? And just wreak havoc. <sighs> great. Why do I care? I'm I'm chasing Caleb right now. I'm chasing Caleb, Chasing baby. Caleb. Or Drake May. I really couldn't care. Either one of them. I'm fine with it. I, you know what? I've almost sold myself that I'd take Quinn Ewers in Vegas, Josh. That's how bad it is right now. Boy, thanks. That for is Rob. how bad it is right now. I on the KREF Twitter feed at KREF Sports. The question is asked: Who is the most hated Longhorn of all time? Ooh, that's a good one. I um, I don't know. See, of all time, you got to go back a ways, right? You're going back to the the old school. Um, oh, gosh, why did I just blank on the quarterback that was undefeated against us while I was in college in the 90s? I think it was a baseball player, too. This is going to kill me. But I would say recently, what, like Ellinger, he's got to be it, right? Yeah, I, I think Colt McCoy and Jordan Shipley would rank really high. Yeah, that's true. That's That's true. Vy, Vy might be a uh, might be a good one. I'm gonna figure out this quarterback before we get out of here, and I got it. You ready? I'm ready. Pete Gardier. Ah, could not stand Pete Gardier. There, there you go, and and that's from Frisco Sooner. Oh, did Frisco Sooner yep. say Pete Gardier? <laughs> I think it's funny because there isn't a quarterback that Oklahoma had more success against. It seems than Chris Sims, right? And people still dislike him. And people like, I can't stand him. Uh, yeah, my man, <laughs> my man, Chris, Chris Rainey texted and said Major Applewhite. Yeah, that's a good one, Chris. That's a Bracken good one. Bracken Hager. Uh, yeah, Hager was the kid with the long hair that talked all that gas. And then got absolutely and smoked. And got smoked by the Sooners. Smoked. But yeah, Shea Marins, yeah, a little bit of success against OU. James Brown. I'm just thinking quarterbacks here. But, yeah, it's a good question. Go right now. KRF Sports on Twitter. Most hated Texas Longhorn in history. Someone's got to give me an old school one, right? We got to go back a ways. <laughs> Someone's a Daryl Royal trader. There you go. Williams. Dicker the kicker. But speaking of weaknesses for Texas as we bring this back to this year's game, that's an area where they haven't been very good. Um, Auburn has just not kicked the ball consistently well. And special teams can be such a difference maker in this game, right? You think about the most forgotten about part of the game for most fans, the special teams, until they cost you. I feel like a kick return or a punt return, return year in and year out has been a difference maker in this and the, in the Bedlam game. Every year, it seems like it makes a difference. All right, um, 405-329-9000. That is the Riverwind Casino jackpot line. You can also hit us up on that Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Your choice, Josh. You want a little BV here? Is True still hanging in there? Which way do you want to go? True's hanging. All right. True, welcome to the show. What's going on, buddy? Good morning, well, first True. First of all, it's good morning, guys. It's, it's, it's definitely Durant and McConaughey. <laughs> or whatever. So, so that's no, nobody even, even close to that. But – you know, you were talking about the softball. You know, the girl, the uh, Berkeley, the six. She's she's six foot one. 
Was that who was in this weekend? Yeah, well, I, well that's who they got yesterday. Yeah, that, that's uh, her. Commit, yeah, Ber- and, they're, and, they're, and they're sisters, right? There's Berkeley and Riley. They're sisters. Uh, nice. Anyway, yeah, the – yeah, the pitcher is six foot one, and she's the number three ranked player in the country for twenty twenty five. Let me, and I'm I'm totally being serious about this. The way I the way I've I've looked at it for twenty twenty five, they got six of the top ten players in the country, which is incredible. But my question to you, Chris, are they are the only ones they're getting? Are, I'm sorry, is the only ones out of the top ten they're not getting are the ones they're not offering? <laughs> that is a very I mean, good question. <laughs> that's a very good. That's kind of what it seems like right now. It seems that way, yeah. I, uh, I'm like, I mean, are, are are they so loaded that they can turn away a, a second baseman that may be a top ten player in the in the country because they've got two behind her already? Now I know this is in uh, reference to the Indiana girl Kern. That ended up going. Where'd yeah. she end up going? Washington? Is that where she ended Stan- up? Or Stanford in- or Washington. War- yeah, Stanford, Stanford maybe. Washington. But the point is, you know, that's funny. When we were thinking about – when we were t- – oh, did she – Indiana – wait, she was at Indiana. Where'd she end up? She was Stanford. Stanford. Stanford, West thank you. Coast. Okay. Stanford, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was this conversation that I was having with an unnamed person that is very into recruiting, and their point was Oklahoma could probably have Kern if they wanted – to have her, but right. in that same vein, they just do, do they need it right now? Because you're going to build that foundation on the youngsters and you just want to sprinkle in with the transfer portal players. So, yeah, I, I think that's it right now. They're just they're so good when it comes to the recruiting side of things and Love's Field sells it. They've got a really good NIL program yeah. that's growing. So, yeah, Coach is killing it right now. She's got two tireless recruiters and JT and Jen Rocha and you want to come play for the best. They won back-to-back-to-back titles for a reason. Well, and they're not just sprinkling in just good transfer portal people. They're transferring. They're, they're transferring in the Kelly Maxwells of the world. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's not like they're just taking. Well, this this will be a good. You know, you know, this will be a good person to back up, or this will be. A, I mean, they're they're sprinkling in potential. I mean, she has the potential to be the college pitcher of the year next year. I mean, potentially, uh, but whatever that award is, they but just started just start it. By the way. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just started thinking about that. I was like, we don't hear about anybody turning them down. And, I, and I'm on quite a few sites that I look at this stuff. And I'm like, I really think the only people they're not getting are ones they're not offering. So I thought it was pretty interesting. No, and, and I think you're right. Thanks for the call. True, it's good to hear you from bet. you. The, uh, he said Riley and Bailey. It's uh, uh, Berkeley. Riley and Berkeley, Zach, Zashi, Zach, Z-A-C-H-E, out of South Bend, St. Joe High School. Um, yeah, like I said, I think they were the two that were on campus this weekend. Riley's the senior catcher, had been committed to Missouri. She flipped to the Sooners. She'll be in Norman next year. Berkeley, a junior pitcher, will join her the following year. Dang, man. I, I got the sense yesterday, and this is a little bit of trying to read between the lines. The, the recruiting angle to it obviously would put you in a good mood when you're dropping a couple of go boomers before you hop on, but, man – Patty Gasso just seems like she's having a lot of fun right now. I know that it's not in season, and that probably significantly reduces the stress level. Right. But I just got the sense yesterday, it's just fun for her right now, which, you know, we keep asking that question. I mean, how much longer? How much longer? I don't know that the end is, like, imminently in sight, man. With the new stadium here, with the way they're recruiting, 
I think Coach might just keep keep rolling for a bit. I think you're right. And and she's said it before. Coach Gasso has on on this program. You know, she saw Coach Stoops retire, and she saw Lon, and she saw Sherry retire, and just how they all seem to really be enjoying themselves. But I think there's I think there's a couple of things. Uh, listen, it's OU Texas week. I could talk about this all day, so I'll try to make sure I minimize my thoughts. I think Coach has really embraced NIL. And in that, I think, again, if if I'm talking for you, Coach, or out of turn, please feel free to text me and correct me. But I think she is enjoying the fact that a sport that she has fought so hard for is now able to put young women in a position to earn while they're in college. I think that that is something that's really, really cool. And for some, for some coaches, it's, oh, gosh. I don't want to deal with this. For Coach Gasso, it's heck yeah, let's get our let's get these girls paid. They've deserved this. And then I think the other part of it too, Josh, is she's still able to do it how she wants. And she's adjusted. She's adjusted and she's adapted with the times. From the 918. I feel like this is how Coach Gasso recruits. Hello, this is Coach Gasso at OU. Boom, conversation over. <laughs> it's much more than that. It's it's much more than that. Uh all right, let's get uh let's get back to football. Yeah, that's how easy it was for me. It's like Chris, Coach Gasso, do you want to do? Re- uh, yes, yes, yes. I'll, I'll, I'd love to do the games. Brent Venables during his press conference yesterday was asked a lot of really, really good questions. Um, I think, I think for those of you that want to lose your mind over things like, oh no. They only made four players available. What's going on? Are we are we not are our guys not able to handle the big time games? What's wrong here? And I thought it was a a good question to ask, right? It's like, hey, coach, what changes this week? You know, only four guys. Do you worry about what's out there? Here is here is what Brent Venable said about hey, you know, it's a different week because. Not just in that it's OU Texas, but in how the media approaches it too. Yeah, I just, I mean, you want me to be uh, totally honest. I know how, like, a lot of a lot of times on Mondays or uh, Tuesdays, uh, when you talk to the guys, it's still about last week. You know, it's never about this opponent, and uh, and and this week is always my 13, 14 plus years experience is that um, we we. We try to get somebody. That's how I see it, right, wrong, or indifferent. Uh, I still like y'all and respect y'all, but it's like, oh, let me see if we can get him to say something. And uh, so that's now we want to talk about this week's opponent, you know. So uh, we got four good ones to, to represent us, you know, the right way. But that's it. Yeah. So in other words, then, you know. No I, bulletin board material this week. I, I, thank you. So George followed up, I think, with a fair question. Like this week is different than a lot of weeks. I mean, it's not different for us in a lot of ways. Most ways, it's not. Um, I do think that for the media, um, it's a bigger deal. Um, that's not a, a bad thing. It's not a great thing. What, whatever it is, but that's my experience in dealing. Uh, you know, just, that's a lot of experience. There you go. And four players is. That's a. I mean, 
they, the problem well, it's not is, a lot, but it's 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 a good number, right? You get that's that's been kind of what we're getting in the post game now, four to four to five to six players, and they've got like eight. I don't think you can complain about it. I don't think anyone's complaining about it. It's just it it gives a talking point, and here's the other part of it too. Well, and it's right. It's notable because it's, it's different. Notable and it's different, but it's also to me, Josh. A lot of us are wanting those gotcha moments with somebody to where they say, oh, yeah, yeah, this we're going to go out there and we're going to – I orange makes me puke. Orange makes me puke. We want a good quote. I, I don't even know if I would define it. Th- there might be one or two guys or, or girls in the media that, yeah, would love a gotcha or two, but honestly, I don't even see – I don't see a lot of that in the Oklahoma media that they're just out to to get folks. Yeah, yeah, and it's not. It wouldn't be the Oklahoma media. It would be people that nationally. Were yeah, that, that's that's a good point. And you know, you, you want a good quote? Sure, everybody wants a good quote. <laughs> Baker Mayfield. Uh, we, we posted the we posted uh, the the video yesterday or the day before. Tyler did on social media where he says, "Put that on Twitter." I hate I hate Texas. I don't like anything about him. <laughs> Baker was Baker was fine being the guy to say that and wear that, and that makes him a legend, right? Exactly. But you know, taking the opposite approach where you're trying to avoid some of that, not altogether unusual. In a in a time where you have at least in this market a couple radio stations that are all sports all the time, right? Uh, where you have at the very least. Six websites that cover this team nonstop, right? Countless podcasts that cover this team nonstop, including my guys over at Sooner Surge. You, the the point. There is a lot, right? There is a lot of constant conversations. And again, this isn't a knock on anyone, but I just feel like Josh, everyone's kind of always looking for an angle or something. So to me. There is that thought that, well, they've been making a bunch of guys available. So what does this mean with only four? And what it, So I'm glad that Brent Venable said, no, no, you know, just I feel like there's four veterans. I trust those guys. You know, I, I don't need no offense. I'm just going to use this guy because I love him to death. I don't need Jane Gibson saying we're going to go in there and stomp a mud hole in their backside. Now, as fans, we love that. <laughs> and, and these guys can do that anytime they want on Twitter or on Facebook. But, yeah. You don't want anyone saying anything, or as Scary Gary put it, you don't want anyone saying anything out of pocket is a good way to put sure. it. Sure. Trust me. I've been on the receiving end of that. It's not fun. All right, quick break. Uh, what does Brent Venables think about Jonathan Brooks, the key to a quarterback's poise, and does he have concerns over the running game? We'll dive into it all next right here on The Ref. All right, let's let's uh, let's kind of power through some of these takes from Brent Venables, or answers from Brent Venables should be a better way to put it. I think Dean was getting around, or was asking the question, and you correct me if you think I'm wrong. Well, let's just, let's listen to it. Let's listen to the question. Because I do think it's a fair question. Was he getting around to basically saying, hey, they got a few better uh, dudes recruiting-wise than you do? Coach, um, Texas has done a real good job of uh, recruiting, as you have, but... Uh, along the offensive and defensive fronts, it seems they are a little bit ahead. I'm wondering how you compare the two fronts, just in the physical nature and the impact of the game. Can you address that? 
is that basically asking, hey, they're more physical than us? They got better dudes in the trenches? Isn't that a, a kind of what's getting asked there in a roundabout way? Yeah, basically, yeah. how can you go win this game when you're not as good up front? <laughs> I, I hope we did a good job, Dino, of, of breaking that down. But here's what Coach said. Well, I mean, again, they've, yeah, I think that goes without saying. And we, Texas has recruited well. Uh, for a long time, uh, they've done a great job at, uh, from a development standpoint, both lines of the scrimmage. Uh, you know, um, I like where our guys are at, and uh, our guys have. You know, we've recruited well uh, as well, and uh, I feel like that we've uh, our guys have made the improvement uh, that we'd like, and uh, we still want more, just like I'm sure they do. Uh, but uh, it again should be a, a good matchup, both both sides. Uh, of the football, and I think if you you want to win this game, I think you got to win the lines of scrimmage. You certainly can't lose the line of scrimmage. You know, if it's a push, and then you some other part of the game that you you're better in. Uh, but I think you you know you, that's going to be a, a critical part. You know, of this game, no doubt about it. The battle in the trenches is Texas decidedly better up front. I think. I think we're okay. Tell me if this makes sense. Okay. Because my natural answer is to say yes. Okay. Where Texas is strong in the middle of their defensive line, their defensive tackles, but Texas is weaker on their edge guys. Oklahoma is strong at its tackles and weaker on the inside, if that makes sense. Meanwhile, on offense, where Texas's interior of its offensive line is also, eh, Oklahoma's interior of its defense is good. Not NFL level caliber play, right? There's not solid. a there's solid, but where Oklahoma appears to be really good on its edge, Texas is really good on its edge. So, in other words, Oklahoma's strengths on the defensive line match up with Texas's strengths on its offensive line. Oklahoma's weaknesses on its defensive line, uh, Oklahoma's weaknesses on its offensive line doesn't match up well because that's where Texas's strength is. So from that perspective, you would probably give that edge to Texas, and I, and I hope that made sense. But where Texas is strong, right, Oklahoma isn't necessarily its, its strength. I think that made sense. What I heard you say is Oklahoma's better up front. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, what what I heard you say is Oklahoma has the perimeter that it can exploit offensively. But Texas is also really good. Wait, hold on, hold on. Yes, Oklahoma can exploit that perimeter. Of Texas' of defense. Texas defense. But where their weakness is oof, in that interior. Matches up with Texas' strength. Ding, ding, ding. I think we got there at some point. Thank you. But Oklahoma's strength matches us up with Texas's weakness. Perceived up front weakness. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of a wash, is it not? I think it might be a wash. So, I think what I'm saying, Josh, Probably is, you'd like to run between the tackles, if, though. Oh, exactly, 100%. If we're talking about what happens on draft day, if we're talking about the 2024 NFL draft, Texas has the better interior. Uh, has the better trenches. But on this day, I think Oklahoma matches up pretty good. I really do. Uh, all right, let's talk about quarterback. 
So many times in a game like this, what does it come down to? Not turning the football over. And Brent Venables was asked during his press conference yesterday about QB poise. Well, again, yeah, don't don't try to force the issue. Let the game come to you. But all successful quarterbacks will be the first ones to tell you they're successful because of they're surrounded by pretty good parts. And, you know, whether that's a good line, it's a good running game, that's, you know, quality receivers that can get open and uh, they can block in the run game, uh, uh, a defense that'll complement them and not, you know, put them in tough positions. But poise is incredible, uh, uh, incredibly important at uh, that position uh, without question. And everybody looks to that person from a leadership standpoint and, uh, uh, you know, a focus standpoint. A, uh, sometimes it emotionally uh, as well, uh, but that's that goes with that position from a leadership standpoint. A lot uh, is, is on that guy, and they've got yeah, they have some special qualities. Both of those quarterbacks have special qualities, you know. Both of them have, uh, you know, been playing the position, you know, for a long, long time. And uh, Quinn certainly is uh, playing at South Lake uh, uh, there in Dallas, and. And then going to both Ohio State and Texas, he's he's in as big of an arena as you can be in, and both in high school and in college. So, uh, but both of them are incredibly well equipped uh, to have the you know to have the right poise. It is an important quality trait to have in all situations, and this week will be no different. But but I would be you know negligent if I didn't. Uh, say part of that key is again just trust in the team that you have around you, and you don't have to don't try to oh, this week I got to put on my Superman cape that's that's not the case and uh, but you got to play well you know you can't go around and fart around and uh, make bad decisions and not have great ball security and, uh, and not execute you know uh, within the system did he just say fart around he did <laughs> that's what my dad would always say I doubt there you're not playing ball you're farting around what are you doing what are you doing get your head in the game that's that's just how we talk in Kansas, baby. <laughs> that's fantastic. Uh, we got time for one more here before you got we get time. to the Please. text line. Okay, I got two more. More, more, more. The running game. The running game. We're all tired of hearing about it, but uh, so let's hear about it. Let's hear about it. <laughs> what about Marcus Major? Yeah, Marcus stands great. Uh, you know, we want to continue to improve in, in our run game and, and in every part of our Again, uh, all of our schemes on both sides of the ball, uh, we're not, you know, where we need to be yet, and uh, so it will. It always has been an important uh, part of this game. If you peel it all the way back, you know, rushing the football uh, is incredibly important. A team that uh, that you know uh, is better at, at running the ball, and, uh, and the turnover margin, the big play uh, margin, will will have a big impact on the game. And then I thought. Um, I thought this was really good. Uh, James asked about the Texas defense and what's really – well, actually more – it wasn't necessarily – it was a general question about the schematics of Texas. And then in that, my man is maximizing the question that he gets. Two-parter here. Because <laughs> because it's not just about, hey, kind of take us in-depth on Texas's schematics, but also – how your young guys are playing too. Yeah. Um, again, offensively, uh, Coach Sarkeesian does a wonderful job in his presentation and putting guys 
in position to be successful. Uh, he's had tremendous success for a long time, um, scheming and uh, offensively does it just again a, a wonderful job and got excellent players and knows how to get them the, the football. Uh, and it's both running and throwing, not just uh, one or the other. What was your first question? Young players that are playing, whether it's PJ Thomas, whether it's your backup backers that get into the game, or R. Mason Thomas and Peyton Bowen's playing so much. What kind of impact is that having on your defense? Yeah, I mean they're all hungry. I mean it's many of the the front line guys. Uh, you know, if it's Desan McCullough or it's Jaron Canick, uh, and guys that you just named. Uh, we got several first year players. Uh, some of them are, are, a lot of them are young uh, in their age, uh, or. Maybe it's their first year as a as a transfer, um, but they're hungry, they're driven, uh, they really feed off each other. We've got you know tremendous uh, chemistry, uh, respect. Um, guys are willing to take ownership of their own work, and uh, both the good and the bad. And so uh, that makes you know learning and teaching, getting better, improving um, a lot easier uh, when guys get out of their own way. Uh, but it's, they're a competitive group of guys, you know, some highly talented guys that have humility. Uh, they're really competitive. They're willing to work for what, you know, their opportunities. Uh, and, and again, I, we have an opportunity for exponential growth uh, as a result. When we came into this season, Josh Helmer, there were concerns about the wide receiver position, right? High on talent, but maybe a little low on production. What's stood out about the development of the receivers this year to Coach Venables? Well, stay healthy. And another year of, you know, we had several freshmen, just young guys that haven't, they were just freshmen, whether it's Freeman or it's, uh, you know, Gibson or it's uh, uh, Anderson, you know, those guys in particular. Certainly we got Petaway that's uh, a, a freshman now. Um, and then, it, again, we've, uh, had a couple of transfers. You know, JJ hasn't uh, played; he just got cleared, and uh, Andrell just got here. You know, in the summertime. So you, there's a lot that you just didn't know. Uh, probably leaving out somebody, and uh, but uh, LV was you know a, a second year here, uh, and then you had two guys with Drake and you know Jalil that had proven, but um, we didn't have. A proving starting group. We certainly didn't have proven depth, and uh, you, you, the improvement was very incremental. And then you got to get into games, you know, uh, to me to prove uh, that you've made the improvement in all the right areas. If that's blocking, if that's making competitive plays, we fall camp we start making, you know, uh, several competitive plays more so than what we had uh, as a group. And uh, and again, the season, you know. Has, has given guys the opportunity, and, and they've responded. Three days, 24 minutes, and 50 seconds till OU, Texas. Our countdown clock is brought to you by your game day tailgate headquarters. That's Chick-fil-A. Try the new honey pepper pimento chicken sandwich. Chick-fil-A, 12th and Alameda, 405-310-3189. To the text line next, it's the ref. All right, welcome back. It is the Plank Show right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Just kick it off. Let's go. I want to see 
I want to see how the Sooners match up, man. I want to see how this plays out. I thought out. you said at the beginning of the week we weren't going to do that. No, 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 no. We're doing it. Sorry. I apologize. It's wiping Wednesday. It's wiping, wiping Wednesday. Monday, Kick it, it off. It's gone. Forget everything that I said. <laughs> uh, we got more from BB that will hit in the top five stories of the day. So hang in there for that. Oklahoma, 70% of the time, is converting in the red zone into touchdowns. 52% of the time, Texas is. So you're saying, in your opinion, Oklahoma's a better Reds. Well, the facts back it up. In your opinion, that Oklahoma's better in the red zone. At going and getting touchdowns, anyways. The uh, I think Texas is ranked in front of Oklahoma because o- OU, on three occasions, came away with, with no points. Out of uh, 27 red zone trips. And, gotcha. And Texas, I think, uh, gotcha. has a higher percentage just in terms of scoring. But, you know, a game like this, yeah, you, you could go win it because you're you're better in the red zone. If you don't give up the chunks. Chunk yeah, touchdowns. Don't, don't give up the chunk touchdown. Don't give up the big plays. That's what killed Alabama against Texas. Yeah, especially in that second half. Alabama shot itself in the foot a lot and gave up big plays. Which was very un-Alabama like. Hey, this uh, this I think this texter and I are, are speaking the same language from the five one two. Both offensive lines are weaker up the middle. Feel like we said that. Their DTs aren't leaps and bounds better than OU's. Well, I, I gave this comparison, and it's how you feel about it. When the NFL draft rolls around this year, there's going to be more Texas guys from those defensive tackle groups called from that defensive tackle group, then there probably will be along the entire OU offensive line, our defensive line this year. Yeah. And, and, and I'm including edges, and I'm including the interior for OU. They're just, that's, a, that's a strength of theirs. So it's, it depends on how you feel. If that, to you, means they're infinitely better, then yeah. But if you look at the tape and you say, oh, no, 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 we're right there with them, all right, I, I won't fight with you. But that is their strength. That is absolutely st- – and then there's this from the 918. The Texas D-line interior is better than our interior O-line, but our tackles are better than their DNs. And I think that's kind of what I've been – was I not – did that not make sense when I laid that out earlier or something? Where our edges are the strength of the OU defensive line, the strength of the Texas offensive line is their tackles. Might be a push because Texas's interior of its offensive line is their weakness. Where Oklahoma's tackles are its strength on offense, Texas's edge rushers are a bit of their weakness. Where Oklahoma maybe has some ground to make up on the interior, that's where Texas has its strength. Maybe I didn't do a good job explaining that. Um, Or maybe I took it and convoluted it and confused everyone. Could have. Regardless, I think we're all in the same – I think we're all shopping in the same aisle. Uh, from John in Tulsa, he writes, In my family, we have the ultimate house divided. Mom went to Texas, sister went to Texas A&M, and my brother and I and my dad went to OU. Makes for interesting dinner conversations. Ooh, yeah, that's... Mom, Texas, sister A&M. Well, at least the dudes all stayed together. So you still got them three one to one. Who do the dogs root for, John from Tulsa? That uh, that would be fun for the holidays. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, 
Camo Sooner. Now, Camo Sooner, I, I picked up one of yours from the other day that I didn't get to, that I want to get to here. But he did write, is it weird that I feel better about this game when the Texas fans are overconfident? You know, all the all the things you say, throw the records out the window, blah, blah, blah. All the, there's been times whenever I've gone into that game and I thought, we're going to kick the snot out of them. And, and, it, and it doesn't play out that way. And it doesn't way. play out that way. Now, yeah. there's times whenever I've gone into it and thought, we're going to kick the snot out of them, and we did. <laughs> but more often than not, it's, yeah, this, is, this should be ugly. And it ends up being a lot tighter than we thought. 18 is the best example of that for me. I thought Oklahoma was going to go in there and just roll them. And you found yourself down three scores in the third quarter. It's like, what in the world is going on here? And then uh, Dicker the kicker. 19 was a year whenever I thought, I think Oklahoma is the infinitely better team. And Oklahoma went in there and took care of business. There hasn't been a lot of these games since 2011 where I've gone into it thinking that Texas is the much better football team. I mean, maybe – you thought was two years ago, even last year. Well, last year would would be one. We tried to rally the troops late, but it was futile. But well, maybe the last two games you kind of thought they had a bit of an edge. You, you went definitely in last feel year, this year. Went in last year without a full deck of cards. Right, you had the injury to Gabriel. Huh. Th- this this one though, yeah. I mean, it, it's pretty. It's you know maybe not consensus, but it's it's pretty close to that. That Texas is more talented and they're the better team, and the the betting numbers reflect that. And then Camo had asked this late yesterday in the show, and I missed it. I got to know: Do you have any good stories of encounters with Texas fans while on the sideline? Not really, not really. I one time, one time, uh, I. You know, there's other people on the sidelines with me that like to engage in that. I do not. I just put my headset on and I do my job. I'm not going to go back and forth with a fan. It's never going to be a winning proposition for me. And, and probably most fans don't care about you on the sideline. Yeah, You know what I mean? They're focused on guys on the football field or players in, you know, on the football field that just came off the field, right? I mean, uh-huh. there's plenty of other things to distract their uh, attention. Oh, abs- absolutely. Which is not to say that they're not concerned with you or, you know, whoever on the broadcast. It's just there's a lot going on. But we did we did have a um we did have an incident Orlando Brown Jr. senior year where I was holding him back from going into the stands. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Uh thankfully there were several people that got there quickly and got that fan out of there. I, it, it was pretty bad though. It was, it was pretty bad. Well, what the guy was saying was pretty bad, too. Yeah. I mean, literally, there was this moment that... uh, You thought, he's going to kill this man? I thought, this guy is going to die right here, and I'm probably going to be the person. Because it was after everyone, where the offensive line bench was, so it would have been on the... We would have been on the the home side, and there was some fan that was just... I mean, it was like, your dad's dead, and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, what? It's like, what are we doing? I know. Orlando Brown Jr. was on a beeline. And so that from that point forward, like cops were there. It was bad, dude. It was bad. But outside, of, I keep my Man. headset on and I do my job. That's what I'm there for. I'm, I am the ultimate. I am not anywhere near the coaches, or at least you know at home now you are because there's no room behind the benches. But you've probably heard a thing or two directed. Oh, at I've heard some terrible stuff. Terrible stuff. Not not even. I mean, like directed at you though, right? Uh, yeah. You know, usually they just get after the players. Yeah, I've been pretty lucky. 
I think most people are just like, oh, there's their sideline guy. And like you Making said. Making fun of him. What is that going to do? And I'm unflappable, Josh. You can't bother right. me. Well, and, and as you pointed out, you're not trying to engage in any of that. Yeah, no, no, no. I do not want that smoke. I don't want any of it. Not that I'm concerned about it. Not that I don't think I can handle myself. I just really like my job. Speak for yourself, Kylan Brokenbow says. All <laughs> eyes on plank during games. <laughs> Things I try not to do very often. A, I'm not on my phone very much during games, uh, even though I've started keeping a lot of notes on my phone. And, um, and, and, and two, I try not to interact with uh, non-OU fans. It never ends up going well for me. Never does. Uh, and then one more to get us back to the game. My surprise prediction, writes the 785, is that Tawi Walker will be fed and fed a lot. Levy holding back his talent. We all see it and have been uncertain why he's not being used. Boy, what corner of the internet is that? I have not found those people yet. <laughs> Travis and a handful of others are the ones that are like, hey, listen, dude, the numbers, this is our guy. Nine out of, ah, I don't, I keep putting percentages on this. I would say a larger percentage are like, nope, he's a walk-on. Uh, there, there is no way that he's ever going to be our go-to guy. We've got Javante Barnes and Gavin Sawchuk, who ran for over 100 yards in the Cheez-It Bowl. They're our guys. Um, and then the 918 QB run game puts a lot of pressure on the defense. Could work in our best interest. Sometimes the threat of it is better than even doing it. And then many of you have sent this text in some way, shape, or form. Uh. We faced an interior line just as good as Texas when we faced Cincy. They held us to 20 points. Like you said, they don't have great edges, so we should be able to single them out without too much trouble. Frozen, that was from Chapstick. Frozen sooner. I thought Cincinnati had the best offensive line that we would face in the Big 12, and that's what everybody was saying going into the game. Is that not true? No, they, Cincinnati's defensive line might be the best in the Big 12. Our point in laying out Texas is, is they're really, really good in the interior. Much like Cincinnati. Cincinnati's... Um, and Texas is probably better everywhere else. Right. Cincinnati's... Uh, why did I just forget the guy's name? And It's, it's like a gangster name on the, in, uh, on the interior for them. He might end up being the highest drafted guy in the, in, in, in the uh, defensive side of the Big 12 this year. Corleone. I got it. You don't have to look. Corleone. Dante Corleone. <laughs> that is a gangster name. Yeah. So, I mean, he's – scouts love him. Like a mafia name. Was well, gangster not a nice way to say it? Am I going to get canceled for that today? Uh, I don't know. Can you guys but... wait to cancel me until the Monday after OU Texas? That yeah. would be great. All right, quick break. We're back to wrap up hour number two with a couple of notes on Oklahoma's offense. That's next right here on The Ref. As we were going to break oh, – I'm sorry. I mentioned this as we were going to break. For Oklahoma, little offense playing well, little defense playing well. What kind of difference does it truly make when you have a healthy eight, a healthy Dylan Gabriel? Yeah, I think it's just good for our team this season. Um, he's been a huge part from a leadership standpoint and, uh, and again, an efficiency standpoint uh, where we're at right now through five games. Um, uh, couldn't ask for, for much better. You know, you'd have to be pretty dang picky uh, to find some – uh, places, but you know he's he's done incredibly well. Uh, he's made improvement. He's making great decisions. Again, playing with great confidence. Uh, still having the humility and the respect for what it takes to be successful. Uh, again, 
he practices uh, with a game like mentality, and uh, and it shows up. You know, he's been uh, playing within the system and trusting people around him, and uh, and again, the surrounding supporting cast has been playing uh, uh, well as as well. But again, every week is a season of its own, and uh, uh, it's the best of one, and so. Uh, you know, you got to start completely over, and you got to. This is a game of doing, and so, uh, you know, that's the rearview mirror. The first five games, he should be confident uh, because of the the work that he's put in and the success that we've had. But every week, you got to start over, and uh, uh, regardless of if you've not done well or you've done well, uh, you know, you got to have a uh, you know a best of one mentality. Best of one rear. View mirror mentality. We just keep adding things to this list every single day. Wait till you hear Todd Bates talk about Santa Claus and a quarterback. I just Santa Claus him. That's the best. That'll be tomorrow, though, on this show. Top five stories of the day are coming up next. Uh, should we mention, too, we're doing a little swap tomorrow? Probably little, should, yeah. White Elephant. Josh will be swapping with one Parker Thune. So while I'll be live from Cavens, we'll be joined by Parker. He's going to find out about this 12-year-old commit that the Sooners have. He's a little older than that, right? 2026, kid. There you go. Uh, And don't forget, OU Texas Friday. We're all over it. Toby and TJ live from the Omni in Dallas. I'll be live from Ardmore at Therapy to Go. And then all afternoon from the Omni, Parker, Tyler, Teddy. It's a busy Friday right here on The Ref.